Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy, and with me, as always, is... It's me, Michael, the other host. Michael, so I had a really dumb dream the other night, and I want to know what you think about this. So, I, you're going on a trip. I dreamed that we were all over at a uh, friend of the show, Steve's, after come back in here, you and the family yes. were telling us about the trip. And it was great. And you come in with your wife and children, and then you say, oh, hold on a minute. And then you go out and you come in with two little boys. And we're like, okay, what's the deal? And you say, like, oh, I, I wanted to uh, eat a lot. It, was, <laughs> okay. it, was, it needed to be more masculine in the house, so I adopted these two boys. And we're like, uh, brash, that's a bold move. You're not exactly known for your bold moves <laughs> in that sense. It, nothing that bold, anyway. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they immediately started jumping <laughs> on uh, Steve's furniture. Right. <laughs> and just, like, wilding out, I guess one would say. They were, uh, you know, three, four, old enough to, like, talk and stuff. In order to, uh, you know, get them down, you went into full dad mode. You said, LeBron Ogden, LeBron Orson. And we were just like, you named them both LeBron? And and you said, well, yeah, why wouldn't I? (laughs) But, yeah, so uh, why why did you name these children LeBron Ogden and LeBron Orson? You can't even go LeBron O. And each time you referred to them, you went by the full name, too. Orson? Like Orson Welles? Yes. And Ogden, like Ogdenville? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I just love how that is those words. They're just like spinning around in your brain enough that you can dream about that. That's well, awesome. so when I was I was in Chicago this past weekend mm-hmm. and one of the roads I walked on was Ogden. So oh, I think that's go. why that came and well, we've talked about Orson Wells and the the peas <laughs> and whatnot, so yes. maybe that's what it is, but I, I thought you would get a kick out of that and it was it was a very stupid dream. I enjoy that a lot, actually. I, I think you even may have had the uh, the full dad uh, like phone on your belt buckle move go on like on the outside of the, or not on the buckle, but like on a belt. Yeah, on, clipped on. Like a holster for the phone. Kind of, yeah. Flip phone. Uh huh. It may have been a flip phone. <laughs> I don't remember. But uh, Michael, it's a spe- I said at the top that it's a special episode. That's right. It's the fourth an- the fourth year anniversary of American <laughs> Pale Males. You can just say fourth anniversary, Michael. It's yeah. okay. Still have not gotten many better at talking after all those years. And um, card read good. Yep. So we're going to keep it a little more traditional this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeremy, why don't you kick us off with a beer brag? I've got many. Like uh, So as I said, I was in Chicago this past weekend uh, at the risk of... Eh, doesn't matter why I was there. It's we don't need to bring that back up. Okay. Uh, but I will say that I uh, I have a quick question for you though before okay. I get into the beer rig. Okay. How much How much do you think a Goose Island beer costs at the United Center? And this is a regular twelve ounce pour, or at least I'm pretty sure it was a twelve ounce pour, maybe sixteen. You know, I was gonna say when you started that sentence, I was gonna say very cheap because mm-hmm. you know they're kind of subsidized. Goose Island's kind of subsidized by. ABI, but it's a stadium beer, and at a stadium, that's <laughs> considered premium over, you know, your standard light beer. I'm going to say, maybe I'm overshooting here, but I'm going to say 11 bucks. You're low, Michael. Oh, really? By about 25%, it was actually $13.50 for a Sophie. Oh, for a Sophie, though? But I'm, still, I, that's a lot. But still, it's, it's still 12 ounce. I mean, like... Yeah. Yeah. In in any case, so I have two of them. 
Okay. The, the weekend that I was out there was St. Patrick's Day, and we went to, a uh, cousin of the show and I, Andrew, went to the, the Beer Temple. It's a taproom bottle shop. I'm pretty sure I've spoken about it on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. But they had something, and let me get the name correct. I believe it's called the Swans of Lear, L-I-R. Okay. Have you heard of this, Mike? I think only because you tweeted it at me. Okay. The Swans of Lear is an Irish legend about a group of young children who are transformed into swans. Interesting. Yeah, I saw a sculpture of that in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, wow, cool. I think it's a sad story, but anyway, go on. Anyways, this is a beer brewed by Hop Butcher for the World, which I, I have never heard of before, but this yeah. listen to listen to this uh, tagline. Yeah. Citra and cashmere hopped, milkshake double IPA brewed with mint and vanilla. Ooh. So there's a lot of green beer going around Chicago. Yes. I didn't see any of that green beer, but my God, I saw this green beer. The bartender, you know, was marketing it as a uh, uh, shamrock shake, but in beer form, and I'll be if it wasn't. Yeah. It's abs- it's absurd how so well that worked. Balanced enough to make it happen? Mm-hmm. So one of the weirdest things that you get with the, the milkshake IPAs, in my opinion, is the the weird, like, lactose texture of it yeah, yeah. going with the hops, and especially when you've got something as weird as mint, which I can't say that I've had in a beer before. Have you? No, not that I can think of. But it was, I mean, it wasn't like a dead, you're not going to mistake it for a shamrock shake anytime soon. Right. But but it is freaky. Hmm. Um, I gave it 4.25. Um, the color looked freaky, too. It looks like wheatgrass. Yeah. It yeah. really does. It's 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 weird. When they poured it on tap, they did it in, uh, I believe, 8-ounce pour since it was such a rare one-off weirdo beer. I don't mm-hmm. know how you would call it, but they poured it in 8-ounce pours, and it, when it had a little bit of foam on there, it did kind of look like a milkshake. So hmm. shout out to Hop Butcher of the World. I have a new one to keep my eyes on. But the second one that I don't think I told you about is by Mars Brewing, which we had the Jungle Boogie from. Oh, yes. Michael, I've told you about Cobra Verde on this podcast before. Yeah, your extreme coffee drink that you stumble across every now and then. Usually at the uh, Film Scream. Yeah, Film Scream. And Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, They apparently have a bunch of fans in Chicago. It's distributed quite widely in some of the more upscale or slash hip bars in the Wicker Park, Bucktown, Mm -hmm. Logan Square area. And they made a beer that tastes like, inspired by Cobra Verde, called Cobra Nerde. So Cobra Verde, but with an N in it. Mm. So it's it's got the green coffee in it, which is extremely weird. But I'll be hornswoggled if that didn't taste exactly like uh, Cobra Verde, man. It's crazy what they can do with that stuff. Okay. It's an American wild ale style, listed as a... Okay, Cobra Verde for inspiration... Bittering the beer with green coffee beans, then adding fresh peach and tangerine puree while in the tanks. A complex but approachable sour with notes of roasted jalapenos without the heat, citrus rind without the bitterness, and fresh fruit without the seeds. Okay. That's very good, man. <laughs> Grub of the show had ass sip and claimed that it kept her up till 2 in the morning. I think it was the children that did that, <laughs> but I mean, her experience is just as valid as any of us. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you got for me, Michael? Um, I have, now that we're seeing the mainstream encroachment of the Brute IPA. 
Mm. I had one from Surly. Ooh, I was looking for that one. I haven't had it yet. Is it good? I enjoyed it. It's called DAF. D stands for dry. And yeah, it was really, you know, I think I really like that style. I like the finish because it's, it's, mm-hmm. it just kind of puts a stop to everything. So you get a nice burst of hoppiness. And although you don't have the malt backbone to support it as much, mm-hmm. you just, after you're done drinking it, it just kind of stops. You get a little lingering flavor, but not too much. It's not like sticky and lingering like a lot of IPAs can be. So I, I really like that one. And the dryness? Is that what you're looking for? I like the dryness, yeah. What can I say? As labeled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to yeah, be trying to seek out more of those. I know you had a few from some of the mainstreams, but um, that was my first mainstream one. Had the New Belgium one. I think that's the only... Who else did I see that? Sierra Nevada has one. That's it, yeah. So more power to that style. Well, I don't know if it'll go as bananas as the juicy craze went, which is mm-hmm. still essentially going on. 100%. Yeah. You know how I mentioned a few weeks ago, episodes ago, that I think I was, I said, I think I'm getting tired of uh, hazy IPAs? Yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> Every time you try to get out, they pull you back in? Yeah, call, just call me the Godfather Part 3. Okay. Well, that's okay. Why have you mm-hmm. been indulging in them lately? Well, so I went over to Steve's some a couple weeks ago, and he has problems when it comes to drinking all the beer that he buys. Sure. As as do we all, I suppose. That's a good and problem to have, I had I a I had a Bell's Official, which is a really solid I, uh, hazy IPA. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen that. I've seen that around, and I was kind of curious yeah. about that. It, it's, it's good. I oh, like it. That is good. Uh, I want to go into different styles. Big Grove just put... Uh, there's a big music festival that comes through town, South by Southwest style, mm-hmm. called Mission Creek, and... They've partnered up with Big Grove in the years past to have them be like a sponsor. And they apparently made a beer for them this year called Mission Creek Lager. And I had one of those last night. Hmm. And it's a really solid, uh, I guess it's called a Vienna. Okay, okay. But it's, it's or maybe an Amber, I don't know. But it it's good. I'd like to angle towards lagers more, but I don't know how well that's going to work. Yeah, I'm eyeing lagers now, too, especially now that the summer's coming around. But um, mm-hmm. Jeremy, upon our fourth anniversary, would you like to hear some stats? Yes. <laughs> All right, so, of course, this is officially drops April 9th, 2019. Our first episode was April 7th, 2015, all those years ago. Uh, Jeremy, would you care to venture how many beers that have been FDR'd? Officially FDR'd? Officially FDR'd between the last anniversary and now. Hmm. I'm going to say 60. I feel like we had a couple of uh, double ups. No, you're very close. It's 59. Dang, I was close. And that's the same as the previous year. (laughs) We are nothing if not consistent, Michael. Here's another interesting one for you. Of all the beers FDR'd, what state comes up the most frequently? Not counting, so if it's like a brewery blowout. Mm Mm-hmm where we had multiple, like a flight or something, that only counts as one. Just be one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there's two obvious ones in there, (laughs) and that's our home home states. Because when we do these swaps, it's we want to find stuff, or I don't know about you, but I want to find stuff that you can't necessarily get in Wisconsin. Right. And I suspect you do the same thing, but, you know, roles reversed. Right, more or less. I want to go Iowa, because I feel like you get more... 
around the worldish sort of things. Yeah. As a, as opposed to me, where I'll just get you know like, ooh, something bright and shiny from Exile <laughs> here. Take this. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, it was ten from Iowa, and your theory also holds true because it was nine from Wisconsin. I win. Yeah. Uh, the next state. Do you want to throw out a wild guess for number three? Ooh, Illinois. Uh, it was California with five. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, care to venture guess for the non-U.S. country that took the top spot? And you might be able to surmise from some of what we had. Probably Belgium? Uh, Belgium was second with two. First place was actually Germany with five beers. Ooh, yeah. Which is a lot from one country. We usually don't... That is a lot. We had like the... Einger, we had the Brow Pact, uh, which I think oh, yeah. technically is half, half and half. It was a collaboration. Yeah. Interesting. Highest rated beers in that period since last anniversary, Einger Oktoberfest. This is real good, man. 4.5. North Coast Barrel Aged Old Rasputin. Old with, Ras. Oh, God, that was less than a year ago. Yeah. Uh, another 4.5, and then I don't think you were there for this one, which so we may have excluded it from the end of year stats. But uh, Omegang Hand of the Queen Barley Wine, I did not have yeah. that one. I think that's when I was out with my busted arm. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Oh, dear, I'm coming up on a year from that, too. Yeah, oh, oh man. god, I don't need to get in any more accidents this year, right? right. Oh, especially this year, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Wheeling you down the aisle in like a uh-huh. body cast and a wicker wheelchair. Uh-huh. Um, lowest rated. Oh, blue res. <laughs> yeah, right. With one. Uh, <laughs> two interesting ones. Um, Sam Adams Winter Lager was the next lowest rated one with 2.38. Oh, yeah. And that uh, you went to Lime Pilsner not too long ago. I think it was the last episode even maybe with a 2.38. Oh, yeah. Again. Salted lime. Yeah. Interesting. My average rating was 3.65. Yours was 3.72. My medium, 3.75. Your median, 4. Interesting. I wish I remembered the difference between all of those. Yeah. The mode? I don't know what the yeah, mode is. I didn't my, do I, <laughs> it's, it's been a hot second since I've had to do any math, or at least any statistics anyways. Right. So there you go. There's the... Um, end of the year summary interestingly enough another group came out with their yearly summary oh and it's the brewers association the top oh, 50 yeah. craft brewers interesting oh god i'm bad at this yeah we don't have to do well so i was going to do the well no we have to do it you want to do the try oh, to we do have, the guessing we have game to. we have okay, to okay i will say this you probably don't remember last year very well anyway um, but no i don't remember last week michael the top 10, only two breweries switched spots, and that was the only change in the top 10. And so this is what's considered the best breweries in uh, America? The highest selling by volume Oh. with the Brewers Association criteria. So this is the, the Freak beers. True Freak label? or does Right, ADN yeah. So we're not talking okay. If, okay. if more than 25% is owned by somebody who makes like more than 20 in million Bev. barrels. It's, yeah. I.e. no macro brews. Okay. See, if I remember correctly, what got us in, me in trouble last year, since you can see the answers, was not realizing that, like, who's owned by 
Right. That was the big revelation last year. All these like uh, air quotes craft right yeah the uh Uh coalescence like yeah mergers so ballast point doesn't count things of that nature right although there are still some mergers that are considered craft that are on this list to make it more confusing okay we're gonna start with founders no rats founders is not considered craft because they're owned that's right i always get that okay uh not bells Yes, Bells okay. is number seven. I always get those two mixed up as to which one is owned by bad people. Michigany. Michigania. Uh, I'm going to go with Stone. Stone, up a spot to number eight. Going to go Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada holding fast at number four. Or excuse me, number three. Dang. Okay, uh, Lagunitas is owned by people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yingling? Number one. Okay. This is this is hard. I'm assuming there's a lot of Californian and or West Coast stuff in here. Mm, yeah, more. Well, there's a few oddballs in there though. Okay. Uh, Omega. Now Omegong's owned by someone, aren't they? Well. Okay. Uh, Omega. You're on the right track. Omegong. <laughs> so Duvel Mortcott. That's right. I believe yeah, they own Omegang. I'm uh-huh. 99% sure. Is that considered a craft brewery? It is still considered craft, though. They okay. still meet criteria. Okay. Are we saying Duval Mortgott is in the... Yeah, they're number five, okay. yes. Uh, Sam Adams. Number two. So I've got one, two. Have I gotten three? Sierra Nevada was three. Okay, four. Have I gotten four? No. Uh, I'm blanking. It's been a long day, Michael. No, that's fine. You got, I mean... You got six of them so far. Six, all right. Yeah. Hit me with a clue. They were mentioned the show earlier. Something you drank from them. Let's see, I already said Bells. Mainstream craft brewer that you had of a new style. Oh, uh, New Belgium. Yes, they're number four. Boulevard is owned by someone. Uh, That's also Duvel Mortgott. Okay. I'm I'm blanking. Hit me with the rest. The rest? Let's spare the people. Gambrinus. Weird. What do they make? whose bulk of their business is driven by Shiner. Ah. Have you had a Shiner recently? Not recently. The last one I had was probably on this show, like, a couple years ago. It's pretty boring. Like the Shiner Bach? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one is fine, but it's... Yeah, I wouldn't, like, reach for that necessarily. Yeah, it's... Some of their other stuff intrigues me, but... I don't see it that much up here, mm-hmm. though. I, I personally, I think the only time I would like reach for one is if it was uh, on tap in Texas. Oh yeah. Like I don't foresee myself going down to Texas anytime soon, but if I do, I'm going to get some of that as well as uh, some Lone Star, and start oh, yeah. pontificating on the nature of time, a la Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Eclipse 2024, Texas. There we go. Number nine. Mm-hmm. Canarchy. What do they? I I I like the name. I'm pretty sure I say that every year. I think so. Yeah. So I know uh, Oscar Blues is in that. I think. Oh yeah. It's, and, it's one uh, of the. It's it's one of those commune. Yes. Okay. Uh, Cigar City, I believe. Uh-huh. Squatters from Utah. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, a couple others are in there. I think. Mm-hmm. And then number ten, same as last year, Deschutes. Deschutes. Which I never really thought of as being that big, but they're probably huge on the West Coast. That that, and I feel like I see their stuff everywhere I go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it gets around up here. I do see it. 
So I mean, like even on tap. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And just put this in your back pocket because it will pertain to future episodes. A little teaser for the folks at home. We're going to back pocket. <laughs> Number forty-six. <laughs> I think that's this forty-six. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Unless there's a tie. Anyway, somewhere in the forties is Left Hand Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Why would that be important? We'll see. I chose that one for a specific reason. Oh, okay. We'll get into it. Yes. Um, now, there's one really interesting thing here. One more thing to point out is... Did you, did you hear that? No. I didn't, Wait, Michael. You didn't hear... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what all those question marks on the agenda were for. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're probably getting sick of trivia in this show, but... Never. I had to bring the Mike's slash Jeremy verse machine. Uh, the males the, verse machine. The males verse machine. Little trivial pursuit electronic game that I think is now repeating questions. That's cool. Should we get into it? Should we fight the machine, Jeremy, before we get into the FDR? Let's do it. First category is people and places. Hit me. I swear to God, we did this on the show. <laughs> what does Faro mean? Spelt like Defoe. F. A-R-O-E. Uh, in the Faroe Islands, codfish, sheep, or whale blubber? I'm going to assume sheep. Sheep? I don't know. If you know the I answer. Don't ha- uh, I'll reveal the answer now. It is sheep. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Next category. People and places again. What nation has more folks who claim French as a primary language than any country but France? Hmm. Canada, right? That's my guess, yeah. Yeah. That is correct. Boom. Whipping that machine. Uh, Next is Wild. Which Sex in the City star penned a how-to book with a chapter titled Turbo Tongue? Are we going into, like, American Pale Males After Dark here? Uh, Sounds like it. Um, It's probably the... I'm Samantha. (laughs) Carrie... SJP? Wait, no, that I'm getting their real names and the uh, fake names confused. What's Samantha's real name? Uh, Kim Cattrall? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we'll let's say her. her. That's correct. Boom. She was the horse lady in Porky's, I think. <laughs> I think she was in Porky's. I've never seen that movie. That's not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's not. Hashtag problematic these days, uh, Michael. Sports and leisure. Mm-hmm. What Canadian whiskey comes swallowed in a blue cloth sack? Well, it's purple and it's Crown Royal. That's what I thought. Unless it's Is there another one? I don't think so. I feel like they would have, like, put some sort of trademark on that or some sort of thing. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yes, Crown Royal. Maybe it's Royal Blue. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not Royal Blue. It's purple. It's purple. I agree. Wow, four out of four so far. Entertainment. What character's movie trilogy was repackaged on DVD along with documentaries on Vietnam and Afghanistan? Wait. I mean, probably Rambo. Oh, yeah. Was he in both those places? He was in both of those places. He go- in Rambo 2, he goes back and wins the Vietnam War. <laughs> and in the third one, he helps out the Mujahideen in Afghanistan. Okay. So, I like those movies. They're The third one is objectionable, but... First two are pretty awesome. Last one is science and nature. Oh, God. 
Which of its own body parts does a young elephant calf suck most often for comfort? I'm guessing it's Trump. Yeah, because it can just reach around and... Oh, yeah, put it in... Yeah, yeah, trunk. Yeah. Hey! We nailed it. That's we, six out of six. We win. Woo! Wow, we deserve a excellent beer for we, that, Jeremy. We do deserve something fancy. Uh, Michael, you're the only constant on the show. How about you do the honors? Yes, um, I think it's when we have big round numbered episodes or anniversary episodes... We've jumped into this series, or brewery, twice before, and now we're hitting up the last one in the series. Trapeze Rochefort, number eight. So I yeah, remember buddy. we had the we had the ten. Was that you who had the Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Did we? I don't remember. It's going far back. but So we had the ten, which is a quad-ish. Turned mm-hmm. out to be a quad-like beer. Um, and then we had the six, which is very doubly. Mm-hmm. The six I was a little underwhelmed by. I'm hoping that this one shines through. So the 10, yeah, the 10 was like a quad, and that was good, but I'm not, like, quads are okay, but they're not, like, my fave. They tend to be really chewy and a little too much. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we got the Goldilocks here (laughs) with this one, the eight. Uh, According to Wikipedia, which I'm sure I can get a better... Actually, I should look up Merchant Duvin. They have really good histories. Um, uh, so this s- serves you right, Michael, because I already have that pulled up. Oh, good. This is Tra- Rochefort Trapiste 8, or also known as Green Cap. Originally called Special. Or wait, that's, I don't know how you pronounce it. Special with an accent over the E. Rochefort mm. 8 dates to the mid-1950s. The name comes from the original gravity in Belgian degrees. The taste is a deep brown color. The flavor is vigorous and complex, with firm body to support the strength. The aroma has elusive notes of fresh fruit, spice, leather, and figs. Michael, I hope you got your pate, duck, or wild game ready to go. This also pairs well with strong-flavored cheeses, but it works wonderfully alone as an aperitif. We're supposed to serve this in a traditional Rochefort stemmed goblet. Michael, what glass are you using? I do have a stemmed goblet, but sacrilege, it is a duvel. The one you gave me, actually. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, do you have an ABV on there? Uh, I do. It is 9.2, Michael. Ah. IBU's 22. Ingredients are water, barley malt, candy sugar, hops, coriander, and yeast. Oh, coriander. Uh-huh. Uh, shall we open it now? Let's do it. There is a hell of a head on this thing. Yeah. I'm glad we chose this uh, vessel. as a duvel. as a nice, huge... Uh, goblet. I'm using a troubadour. I don't know. I think I got this for free when I bought like a, a mystery case of beer at Dirty John's. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this beer even exists anymore, but it smells fantastic. Let me get in there. Yeah, it does. This is a pretty deep amber. Brown? Yeah. yeah. I would say brown. Would, yeah. I mean, if you hold it up a light, you get a little bit of redness in there, but mostly brown. The, uh, the bubbles in the... Uh, in the head there are extremely large. Yeah. And it almost, like, as I look, so the one I'm using is not as uh, flared as the Duval glass. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just like a standard Belgian beer glass, I guess you would call it. But it almost looks like it's percolating or, like, boiling a little bit on the head. It's really weird and upsetting. <laughs> Jeremy, why don't you go in? 
I just took a little nip. Oh. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I was waiting for the head to drop down so I could finish the pour. Oh, really? Mine mine did settle down. Well, you also uh, have, like, about... The huge... <laughs> 300 yeah. mils more space in there than I yeah. do. It's very rich. Uh, there's a little burn on it. My bottle says it's good until 2023, so maybe by some standards this is young. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a good burn. Um, it complements the flavor very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my, that's at first blush. That's what I'm getting. I'm going back in to pick up some more notes there. So this is more of a quad, right? I mean, to me, it tilts more towards the quad region than the double. The double. Because it's certainly not treble. Right. But I remember the 10 just being very, hairy. even more intense than this. Yeah. Hairy. <laughs> yeah. It's darker than I thought it would be in flavor and in uh, mm-hmm. color. Agreed. I like the fizz on there. It's it's unusual to have a beer this style, which which is good. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it just feels it's it's different. Mm-hmm. Usually, when you have something like kind of boozy like this, yeah, anticipate a little more flatness. I think. I don't know. This one this one's weird, and it's like I said, I've, it's been a long day. But I I like that it's not too sweet. Yeah. There is, I mean, there is like that, you get that candy sugar aspect to it, but it's not cloyingly sweet. No, no, no. It's, it, it, I feel like it works out very well in its favor, in a, in its favor that it's, because it's sweet, but it's not, you know, ridiculous as we just said, and I have to repeat for some reason. The flavor is not, I mean, there's complexity there, but it's not as delicate as I was anticipating. No, it's not, um. It feels more of the 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 fr- it is fruity. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like stone fruit, like uh-huh. dried fruits. Yeah. Are you getting any leather? I guess I don't really know what leather tastes like. Well, to me, yeah, to me, like when we had that Orville, mm-hmm. which ha- that's the strangest flavor. Yeah, that one, that one was like a little tart, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's almost Orville Day, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's right. They have Orville Day. But it has has that certain quality to it, like a tanned that smell, almost like shoe polish. You're not doing this beer much, favor. No, I'm not. But that, like that smell, you know, of like mm-hmm. curing leather or something. Okay, I got gotcha. you. We're 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 just you know full of details today. Yeah, right? No, I I think we're both kind of chewing on it. And that's interesting though. I I I thought the eight, you know. Obviously, I could have read about this and found out otherwise, but I kind of wanted to go in blind. I was assuming this was going to be more of a, a triple variety, but just it's based not. on the numbering, right? Just based on the yeah progressive numbering, but no, it's it's kind of closer to the ten than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about the yeast, which I feel we should do. Mm-hmm. The I, I feel like the malts and the fruity flavors, if you could call it that. I, I feel like they're kind of overwhelming the yeast in this one. It's, yeah. It's, it's still there, but I feel like it's covered up. It's hard to pick up on those intricacies. Uh-huh. Huh. Well, shall we, uh, shall we rate this one, Michael, since we're... I guess so, since yeah. Since we're just stammering over ourselves. Right. I'm a little flummoxed. Mm-hmm. Do you like this beer? I do like it. How does it compare? To anything? Well, to the other traps or the other Belgians or... Is is it 
falling too far outside of you know your standard what you expect a quad or a double right. to be because it doesn't really fit in either box. No, it's it's kind of wow. I'm bringing it all back home. <laughs> I'm saving this segment. It really is kind of like the Goldilocks of the beers. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's not too, it's not you know this big pummeling quad, but it's also heavier than a double. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about this? This beer would be a triple if triples were, but were you know, if if you know the the beer styles, like when, if you know, they, yeah, <laughs> if, if, if if they followed the numbers implied by their names, this would right. be a triple. Like it was just like more of the same malt of a double yeah, and more exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you say compared to other beers of this ilk, other Belgian beers, thing I like about Belgian beers is they're subtle and they're intricate while at the same time being very strong Mm -hmm. strong in flavor and strong in abv for that matter Mm -hmm. however this one while it is strong it lacks the delicacy that i like in belgian beers and i don't i don't know if it's age or i don't know if it's what's going on but i like it but it's not hitting what expectations i had coming in with really no expectations, or maybe I had uh, misconceptions. I'll admit that, but you probably did. T- I probably did, but at the same time, it, I mean, <laughs> that, that's a stark contrast in my mind. So I was trying to wrap my head around that. Mm-hmm. After all, I I paid how much did you pay? I paid six dollars for I th- this bottle. I, th- I think that's what I paid as well. So it's kind of like a heavy toll. Again, I could have read up and been like, oh. That's not what I was expecting, but it's a heavy toll for a little experiment, I guess. Mm. But what price can you put on science, Jeremy? Obviously. I mean, you can put a big price tag. I, <laughs> I, I, I do the purchasing. The, the price <laughs> tag's actually quite heavy. <laughs> Fair enough. Any uh, thoughts, Jeremy? Um, I mean, you kind of were saying already, but anything I, else? I'm kind of with you. Like this, This is good, but it's just so dang weird, and I can't really put it in a box. Mm-hmm. The booziness, too, is starting to rub on me a little bit. Like, the aftertaste is kind of... It's pretty warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, again, for a normal Belgian, that seems to be a little more concealed than this is doing right now. Unless it's like a quad. Like, I've had 15% quads that... Where where the burn is, is factored into the taste profile. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I've had one at 15, but... Oh, they're out there. Well, Sammy Klaus. <laughs> yeah, in that in that ilk, yeah. Sammy Klaus was crazy. That was, uh, that was weird. I saw those on the shelf in Chicago. Oh yeah, at the, at the beer temple, and I'm like, oh hey, dad of the show brought us one of those once. Yeah. And then I went and saw Creator. And then you saw it on tap, which was really bizarre. Oh yeah, I did see it on tap, didn't I? At Hopcat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I didn't buy it. Yeah. Sammy Klaus, 14%. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, this... I mean, Sammy Klaus is really weird. That one's really weird. But this is... Like, there's a sliver. This is a good version of that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. We did not rate that one terribly high, did we? I don't think so. It's just so boozy and so bizarre. Uh, it, was, it was too much. Yeah. I imagine that's what the German version of, like, Mickey's Big Mouth is. But yeah. <laughs> I... I as as we've established, and if you're still listening, then you know more power to you. Yeah. 
but I feel like this one is extremely difficult to put into a box. And in general, I would say that that's a good thing because why would you want to get something that you already know, that you know what you're getting? I, I feel like as I'd say we're fairly adventurous beer drinkers. I know I will drink just about anything unless mm-hmm. it has like habaneros or something in there. <laughs> right, yeah. But there, there's something to be said about, you know, the classic styles and the ability to nail that style. And I like, I, I like and I dislike that this one is just, you know, outside of the box. Yeah. Kind of reminds me a little bit, I don't think it tastes like it, but when we had Parat and we were like, oh, this mm. is kind of... It's dark? Yeah, it's different than what we were expecting, and it just kind of had this like tangential flavor that we couldn't put our finger on, and that kind of reminds me of that. I will say is it warms up. The flavors are kind of starting to pop a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more of the figgy, jammy sort of fruits. The stone fruits, I guess you would say. Yeah. But, hmm. all right, Michael, hit it up. All right. Um, I will also report after we rate the what we rated the other ones and oh, okay. wrap up the Rochefort series. You know, I was fully prepared to unleash a five, as I oft am for some of these, you know, rare brews that either the American barrel-aged stouts that are... And this is not a five. Well-crafted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's where I'm going with this. Uh-huh. The, the Belgians, I'm always like, here we go. This could be it. Um, this could be the five, but no, it, it fell short of that for sure. In fact, uh-huh. right with your heart. My vague recollections of the other ones we had, I think I like those more. And maybe my taste. And the other thing, it's been so long, my tastes may have changed. I might not even like Belgians as much anymore. Just beer has changed since then too. You know, it's juicy, true. hazy IPAs. And, and we uh, read that book. And <laughs> we read that book. Yeah, uh, <laughs> dry IPAs. Yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna give it a four. Maybe that's going a little too low, but and it might just be I'm underwhelmed. Do I like it? Yes. Would I reach for it? Yes. But I probably wouldn't shell out six bucks for this again. I'd probably go. What's the other Trappist one that I haven't had before? Or you know, or just like another Trappist beer, like uh-huh. the Trap or whatever. Westmale. Westmale. Yes, the one that you can actually buy. Westlettering is. The one you can't oh. buy. Westy 12? Yeah. I work with someone who oh. is uh, in some sort of Belgian beer box program with a bunch of, well, was, I don't know if she still is, but they they basically sent a mule over to uh, Belgium <laughs> and went to all the various, you know, monasteries and bought them all this stuff. It was absurdly expensive, but... Apparently, Westy 12 is well worth the price. Mm. Yeah, my dad was just there. and You didn't have him mule anything <laughs> back? I, I didn't know he was going. <laughs> this is why uh, you need to talk with your parents, Michael. <laughs> yeah, call Good on the Lord. phone. Or even like a Chimay, like a common quote-unquote Trappist brew. Ones that you can find at hy Right. Yeah, beating around the bush. Anyway, it's a four, so um, it's still good. But what would you rate it, Jeremy? Three seven five. Ooh. It's it's just I mean, it's just not doing a lot for me. No, I I agree. I agree. It's it's good. Don't get me wrong. If this was sitting in the cooler Christmas party, you oh. bet your you bet your hide that I would uh go get some and maybe sneak some under the coat on the way out. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 I've thought of doing that before. <laughs> uh, mostly because my boss's favorite beer is Vestmala. 
and he always has like at least six or seven of those in the cooler. And thankfully, no one else likes beers that they can't pronounce. So <laughs> that works out well for me. But um, yeah, it's 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 good, but I feel like it's it can't really pick what it wants to be. Good, but weird, and not in a freak beer way. Yeah. Number six, uh, you gave a 4.25, I gave a 4.5. Number ten, you gave a 4.5, and I gave a 4.75. So... Now I... We continue our role of uh, me being a quarter point on the... <laughs> on the uh, Belgians. Um, yep. Should we look up Parat just for fun? You gave it a 4. I gave it a 4.25. <laughs> Duval, you gave it a 4.7. Or, or, you, know, you gave it a 3.75. I gave it a 3.5. Really? Yeah, that seems a little bit odd. Oh, we had old bottles. That was Be- right, yeah. Was, because I oh. got the I got the ones that had the uh, glass in it. Glasses. They had probably been dust sitting. On it. Oh, there's a lot of dust on it. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, so that's, you know, maybe our tastes have changed based on those previous ratings, or maybe this one just isn't as good. I don't know. Where did you get yours at? Grocery store or bottle shop? Bottle shop. Okay, I got mine at a grocery store. But I mean, it should be good regardless of age, because it, it, in fact, it, it might even get better. I was, was going to say it should be, but when did it, where did you find the... Uh... Uh, just on the back... Uh, lower right-hand corner oh, of the back label. 11, 15, 20, 22. Oh, yours is older then, because mine's 2023. Interesting. By about four months, though. So. Do you think we're drinking this at the right temperature? Well, I think we kind of covered the spectrum. Because, I yeah. mean, mine's warmed up relatively significantly, but... N- nice hot glass of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want a hot toddy, but... Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, th- I think you're right. It gets better as it warms up, but you get more, some more of those um, subtle flavors coming out of the I, mix. But I, ju- I just feel like it's it not doesn't, enough. It, it's not asserting itself like the others in the series do. Right, right. So the the others will slap you around and let you know where they stand. Right. You know, this brewery's been around for centuries, so they're not going anywhere. So. Oh no. Uh yeah, Trappist Rochefort. I it's been good. It's been real, but next anniversary we're having something else. We're going elsewhere. Blue res, the reckoning. <laughs> yeah. You know that's funny. Trappist you can, Rochefort blue res. You can get a blue res for a dollar and it was at the end of the day you're still getting a you're, I was gonna say you're still drunk. Yeah. Well no, but what if they had a Trappist Rochefort that had you know, like <laughs> blue res and comes in a twenty five ounce can? You know, <laughs> Stranger things have happened uh, today in these days. Hey, oh, um, before we give out the social media plugs, Michael, mm-hmm. have you seen the new version of Natural Light at the store? It's Natty, a very, it's a very striking case. Natty Light, like the yeah, you heard me thing you'd used at a Wisest Wizard game. Correct. Oh God, that's what it is. Um, it's called Natter Day. Oh, I'm, I think I'm, I've I'm, seen I'm not this. joking. Yeah. But uh, it's it's strawberry lemonade, natural light. It's a natural light shandy. Yes, yeah, they're releasing these natural light. Oh, I mean, essentially, they're going the Bud Light Lime route with Natty Light. Strawberry lemonade, 
for those who like strawberry lemonade and drinking beer. That oh god. So we're going to have to start going down these road and try out these garbage. I know, yeah. The problem is I I would definitely get it if it was in a pick mix and match. <laughs> yeah, you're I I don't think this is going to be at the Dirty Johns and the singles. Unless the single is like 35 ounces or something That's like that. That's the problem, because I, I don't want to get a 12-pack of this. No, I don't think they sell this in 12-packs, Michael. I think it's Dirty 30 or Go Home. Oh, man. That's the problem. If I was in my 20s, maybe, but those days are long gone. God, tell me about it. Yeah. But in any case, that's another one down the gullet. Michael, hit us with the uh, with the social media plug shot, will you? You can find us in a variety of places uh, at APM Pod everywhere. Twitter.com, APM Pod there. Facebook.com, APM Pod there. Gmail.com, APM Pod at Gmail.com there. <laughs> um, check us out on Untapped as well, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. I'd also be curious if any Mike or any other fans of the show have had the series of the Trappist Rochefort beers what their favorite is or what their take on them is because i'm just curious what do you Mm -hmm. guys think otherwise rate review subscribe and uh yeah thanks for four years i don't know (laughs) yeah cheers to four years (laughs) sure all right that's a good place as any to head out at (laughs) so for jeremy i've been michael for michael i've been jeremy and this has been american pale males cheers cheers (laughs)